Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. All right, welcome to Rico Bronia. No pleasantries, no how are you, because we all suck right now. This team sucks. This offense sucks. Uh, never in my wildest negative fantasies did I think they would get embarrassed and swept by the Chicago Cubs. And I have tried all year long, I think because of this team and how they've played, I've tried to remain positive and I've tried to remain with an even keel. But after you watch this dog crap performance over three days against garbage pitching, that's the thing that I fume the most about. They got shut down by crap pitching. It started from day one. It continued in day three. I'm not even going to spend that much time bitching about David Peterson because here's the truth. As bad as David Peterson was walking the first three batters, giving up the RBI double, giving up another RBI double, the Met bullpen, which has been much maligned, we've ripped the Met bullpen all year, did a tremendous job of keeping them in the game. And quite frankly, when you're facing Drew Smiley and Eric Yulman, whoever the hell that is, and Rowan Wick and Michael Rucker and Mark Leiter's son, Mark Leiter Jr., how the hell do you score three runs? Someone's got to explain that one to me. So this entire series from beginning to end, it's not about Chris Bassett crapping the betting game one. It's not about David Peterson really proving over his last few starts. He don't belong here anymore. It's not even about that. It's about the fact that somehow this lineup, top to bottom, other than a couple of meaningless home runs late, which they made an art form of this week, this lineup got shut down by crap pitching. And when they got beat by the Nationals two weeks ago, I remained calm because I was being rational. I was looking at the fact that, hey, they finally lost a series to a bad team. It was bound to happen. But what we've watched over the last week, that's not bound to happen. You should not be losing to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, they won two out of three. Shut up. That first game was a joke. They won two out of three against the Marlins. Give me a break. The first game, why not win all of these games? Why not beat them all? And then what has happened over the last three days in front of putrid crowds, I mean, I'll be honest about that. I'm not going to spend that much time bashing Met fans, but what the hell kind of crowds were that the last three nights? Horrible crowds, but whatever. You guys were smart for not going. 
I was the schmuck going there for two out of three games to watch this. But from top to bottom, this offense sucked. You want to name the culprits? I'll name all of them. Let's start with Brandon Nimmo. I don't understand why I made this comment uh, before the opener of this series to my dad, before Brandon Nimmo did a damn thing. Because he hit on the road, remember? Got hot on the road. Had a big Sunday. Great. yippity doo da. I say to my dad, how come this guy can't hit at home? What's the deal with that? How come the splits are so, he's a better road player than he is a home player. How come? My dad's like, ah, it's probably just a coincidence. Then he walks in a city field for three days and does nothing. In big spots like the seventh inning of the finale of this series. Two on, two out. And he taps one six feet in front of the mound. He's swinging in. Oh, but he's giving you long at-bats. Great. He's giving us long at-bats. He's not producing. Brandon Nimmo did nothing in this series. Other than a meaningless home run by Lindor, nothing in this series. Mark Vientos looks overmatched by Major League Pitching. Darren Ruff finally had a hit. Let's have a celebration. Daniel Vogelback's just a fat guy. That's all he is right now. Top to bottom, this offense has sucked. And I'd love to tell you, don't worry. It's going to get better. Don't worry. It's going to turn around. But I think tonight and this morning, my old Met DNA is coming out. All of our Met DNA is coming out. Panic City is coming out. Collapses of 07 and 08 are coming out. Because what are you supposed to say over the last week and a half? This was supposed to be the stretch of games where you were supposed to beat up on bad teams. 16 games against horrific opponents. Well, they've played 12 of them and they're 5 and 7. 5 and 7. Even if they sweep the Pirates, which I wouldn't have any confidence in, we'd be disappointed with 9-7. and And thanks to the grace of the baseball gods, the Atlanta Braves have finally cooled off. That's great. I'm thrilled. Because if they hadn't cooled off, this team would be three games out in this division. And I think we'd be declaring it over. And, And truthfully, the only reason we're not declaring it over is because the Braves finally did get slowed down. So despite this garbage we've watched... The Mets are essentially tied for first place. And that's where they are. They're not a half game up. They're tied for first place. But I can't rely on the Atlanta Braves to continue to struggle. And look, the Braves, you could even give them an excuse. It was on the road. It was against quality opponents. So they've actually struggled against all year long, if we're being honest. And the Braves were bound to cool off. They were bound to have a stretch of games where they struggled. This was not bound to happen for the Mets. I mean, just pathetic. From top to bottom, pathetic. So if you're looking for positivity, maybe by the end of the podcast, I'll convince myself to be positive. But right now, why would I be positive? What am I going to give you on? Based on what they did in April and May and June and July and maybe the Dodgers series, which feels like six months ago now. I'm looking at what we've watched recently, and I know the cliche, and it's a true cliche. You're never as bad as you are when you're doing badly. You're never as good as you are when you're playing well. I think the Yankees have been the absolute proof of that in 2022. Because when they've been bad, oh, they're terrible. When they've been good, they're the 98 Yankees. We have not experienced a year like that. Because the Mets model in 2022 has been consistency. There hasn't even been an amazing stretch, really. It's been mostly good. 
win series, good, move along, win a series, move along. There hasn't been extreme stretches. Against these opponents, this is an extreme stretch. And I don't know what to do with myself. Because the DNA in me, the DNA in Hoff is going to tell us the end is near. Not that they're going to miss the playoffs, and I'm missing the playoffs. But it would feel like not winning this division, especially because of who they're losing to, it would feel like a collapse. Now, look, game one wild card series will all be pumped up and ready to go, but a massive, massive disappointment. And then the other thing that's happening is we're losing the trust in this team. I've maintained the trust. Ah, I trust this team. They've earned that from us. Well, they're losing it. They banked in a lot of trust. And over the last, really the last three days against the Cubs, because as disappointing as winning two out of three was against Miami and two out of three against Pittsburgh was, they still won the series. You could at least walk away as disappointing as it was and it was, losing the opener of both of those series. Ah, they won a series, you move on. They just got swept by the Chicago Cubs. Look at this rotation they just got beat down by. Javier Assad. They can't touch Javier Assad. They can't touch Adrian Sampson. I know Drew Smiley is a quality major leaguer. I don't want to pick on him necessarily. But how about the bullpen tonight? Or in game three, whenever you're listening. I'm recording this right after the game. That's probably why I'm extra angry. Look at this bullpen you got shut down by. How many goddamn double plays did they ground into over the last week? How many times? That Lindor one, mate, just drove me nuts. Eighth inning, you're creeping back into the game. You get a leadoff hit by Mark Hanna. I don't know. Maybe you'll hit Michael Mother Rucker. And instead, Lindor bounces into a double play. The hell is this garbage? How you feeling, Pete? You feeling all right? You all right over there? Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Uh, I, I'm not feeling great. I'm not going to lie. But I'm not as down as you are. I won't. I won't. And you know why? Because I read a stat that it gives me some hope. Mets are the only team in the divisional era in 1969 to get swept at home while 35-plus games over 500 against a team 20-plus games under 500. Now, he, that's not great. Last team to suffer such a sweep, Detroit Tigers, in the final three games of the 1968 regular season. <laughs> and they won the World Series. Bingo. Let's go. Uh, and that's geez. how we the, make the it positive. positive that I had tonight, and I think they mentioned it on the broadcast, was... Hey, the last time they gave up six runs in the first inning was against the Pirates, and they came back and won. 
Listen, I, I, I'm going to say this, and I, I put the stat out there. No, whatever. No one gave a crap. That first inning reminded me of, and it's not as big of a situation because it wasn't the last game of the season, but it felt like the Tom Glavin game of 2007, yeah. game 162, and we just sh- crapped the bed. Now, the good thing is there's Look, still you know what's funny about the first inning, and this may be surprising, but obviously David Peterson was just, it was a tooth extraction, as Beningo would say. 3-2 count, walk. 3-2 count, walk. 3-2 count, walk. 3-2 count, ooh, strikeout. Maybe David Peterson's going to find a way. Then he gives up the double to your best friend, Jan Gomes. Then he gives up another double to P.J. Higgins. When the inning finally ended, and look, Trevor Williams came in and actually didn't do a good job right away. He eventually got out of it and pitched well and settled in. But when they were down 6 nothing, and I was behind in the game because like every game I'm not at, I was at the first two games of this series. I was not at the finale because I wanted to record the Rico Bronia right after the game. Or I need a break. Maybe that was it. Or maybe my wife needed a break from me going to games. But I thought to myself, as disgusted as I was, and I was more in shock than anything. I was stunned. I think anytime you watch a baseball game and your team gives up six runs in the first inning, there's a state of shock that you're in. I actually thought to myself sort of confidently, this is the game they break out in. Like, this would have been the perfect game to break out in. You're down 6 nothing. We're all depressed. We're all out of dead. And they're going to come out and they're going to rally. And what I needed to see was they needed a run in the first inning. Not two runs, not five runs, not all six runs. They needed a run. Because if you remember that game against the Pirates, the comeback that they made a year ago, I think they scored two runs right out of the gate. Something like that. If you're going to be down early, it's a nine-inning game. You can come back. Trevor Williams, for the most part, has been real good. And he turned out to be real good keeping them in the game. But you can come back. And we know that the Met offense can explode at any moment. It did over the weekend against the Marlins. It did during the doubleheader game two against the Pirates. Like, it's capable of it. Then it's capable of doing nothing. So I did sort of think, hey, this is the game they're going to break out in. But when they went down meekly, one, two, three in the first inning, even though Nimmo had a long at bat, we should have a celebration. That, my confidence went from, I feel good to, oh, Jesus Christ, they really... They're going to get shut down again. And they got shut down in the second inning. And the Cubs, to their credit, made some great defensive plays. Christopher Morale, the shortstop, made a couple of outstanding plays, including that one Alonzo hit that went off the pitcher, bounced towards shortstop. Morale makes a great play. Tomas Nito hits a home run. All right, 6-1. to one. Bullpen's keeping it close. You have a chance to come back. And then they do nothing. They get a leadoff man out in the fourth inning. Okay, it's 6-1. to one. It's only the fourth inning. This game isn't. Over, over, especially as you see that the bullpen's keeping him in it. And they do nothing. They waste Lindor on first base. Another terrible sign because you got to chip away. You're down 6 nothing, 7 nothing, 8 nothing in a game. It's not over, but you got to chip away. And you got to take advantage of the opportunities. And then the killer was the fifth inning. And you're all going to think I'm nuts. And I totally get it. It's the ultimate Monday morning quarterbacking. When they got the first two guys on in the fifth inning, and they're down 6-1, to one, and Tomas Nito's up, and you got the top of the order coming up, I was thinking about laying down a bunt. And I know it's not the good baseball move because you're down by five runs, but the reason I thought about it is because Tomas Nito is a walking double play. He is. And the first freaking pitch is a ground ball to shortstop. Now, I admit, bunting is not a good baseball play. You're down by five runs, you can't give an out up. 
I'm not saying you really should have done it. I'm saying the thought went through my head because I know Tomas Nito's a walking double play. And the last thing I wanted as the Mets are beginning a rally with the top of the order coming up was the rally to be completely short-circuited. And the one thing that could do that is a double play. So again, not saying they should have bunted. It's not a good baseball play, but it crossed my mind. And then they get lucky. Think about it. They score the second run. Brandon Nimmo, it's a ground ball to third base. Patrick Wisdom just can't make the play. That's their way of chipping away. Oh, but they're given a free base runner. They're given an extra out. They don't take advantage of it. They go down meekly in the sixth. They put together a little rally in the seventh and a couple of guys on base. Nimmo taps out. Lindor grounds into a double play when they get the leadoff man on. 